You are listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today's episode is called Get Out of Your Head. If you're an introverted entrepreneur, if you're working from home running your own business, then chances are you're somebody that gets stuck in your head a lot. You love your work and you get a lot of energy from doing it. You spend a lot of time thinking about work and doing it. And then outside of work, maybe you don't have much energy left for other people or other things. Maybe you find yourself getting a bit bored or restless or lonely. Because of your investment in work, perhaps your overinvestment in work, you may not have a lot of time or energy for other people or activities. So it's a bit of a conundrum that you can find yourself in. And if this sounds like you, then this episode is for you. I want to talk to you about getting out of your head and getting into your body and finding more fun and hobbies and activities and relationships that will allow you to get work-life balance, to feel more energised and productive and to show up 100% in your business. Let's start by talking about the concepts of doing and being. Entrepreneurial introverts tend to be people who are driven to be productive and they're very passionate about their work. I've met a lot of them. And I know that if this is you, you probably really love the achievement and energy of running your own business and of being productive and of being fully engaged in what you're doing, which is all wonderful stuff. It means that you have what it takes to persist and succeed. But as you get into the working year, you might find yourself doing a lot of doing, doing a lot of work and not a lot of being, not a lot of time off, not a lot of still space to pull yourself back together, to rejuvenate, to replenish. And so I really want to talk about the difference between doing and being just so that you're clear on what they are and why you need a balance of both of them. Doing is when you're completing tasks. That could be project work, could be working with clients, could be planning, could be creating content, and it's the minutiae of life. It's all of the things that you do on a day-to-day basis to keep your business and your life ticking along. And that list is long if you think about it. You've got to cook, clean, dress yourself, shower, groom, maintain your house, interact with people that you live with, And then you've got to do all of the things in your business. It's not like showing up for work where somebody else has set the agenda and you just show up and do a job and go home again. In a business, you're everything. You're doing the finances, the marketing, the sales, the development of content, keeping in contact with your clients, plus doing the work. Only about half of your time or a little bit more is spent actually servicing clients. The rest is keeping the machinations of your business going. So the doing work involved in running a business is huge and especially for an entrepreneurial introvert. In contrast to that, being is when you sit still. You feel a sense of gratitude, you feel calm, you feel relaxed, at ease. You're able to let your mind wander and not think about work and your to-do list. Being is also when you're in flow, fully engaged in a relaxing activity that frees your mind and frees your soul. 
Maybe you notice that even as I describe those two different states of doing and being, you can hear the difference in energy between them. Doing stuff tends to be more on the busy, hectic, or even frenetic side. It's go, go, go. It's driven. The being stuff tends to be peaceful, calm, and relaxed. It's a totally different energy. It's about letting go. Because of the disparity between these two different states, it's easy to see how it can be really difficult to transition from one to the other, but also why it's important that you do so. You definitely need to be doing stuff, but you need to spend as much time being so that you get that work-life balance. It can be really hard to switch off, and I think that's one of the challenges for us entrepreneurial introverts. And maybe if you've ever done a triathlon or you know about triathlons, you've probably heard that the hardest part is not so much those individual legs of the triathlon, not the run or the swim or the bike, but it's transitioning between those things that's the challenge. And this is exactly the same concept. It can be really hard to switch off from work and to relax and let go without thinking about work. And then after a couple of days off or a holiday, it can be equally challenging to wind back up and get back into work mode. So it's really important to get both of those things happening. One of the things that's difficult for me particularly is that when I'm doing stuff, when I'm being productive at work, I feel energised and I feel a sense of achievement. And that's something that, I really need to be careful of because it's such a great feeling and I want to have that feeling all the time. But I know it's not healthy for me to work long hours or without a break. The other thing is that being busy and productive can be a bit addictive because if you're somebody who struggles with negative emotions, being busy at work and being productive distracts you from your busy mind from your thoughts and from your emotions. So if you're prone to overworking, doing long hours or not taking weekends off, check in with yourself and seeing, see if you're using work to avoid anything that's uncomfortable. Loneliness, boredom, any other sort of negative emotion. It's clearly an imbalanced way to live if you're spending more time doing than being. And that's something that you can do something about. What happens if you do nothing? What happens if you keep doing that work, getting that sense of achievement, being productive? Well, inevitably, it will end, end in burnout. If you spend too much time doing, you can get so fixated on that stuff that you can end up in a state of anxiety, frustration, impatience. And you might actually lose the sense of who you are. You might become so wrapped up in your world of work that you're unable to chill out and see other points of view or lower down your sense of being driven to complete things. You may become somebody who defines themselves by their work. And when that happens, it makes it harder to step out into the world of being in connection with other people outside of work. I know several people who define themselves by their work and because they've lost their sense of self, 
they're unable to do anything else outside of work. They just work constantly. So this is one of the things to be really aware of, that loving your work is great, doing a good job and being productive is awesome, but you need to balance that out with time off so that you don't end up becoming your work and being defined by it. If you are down that path already and you've lost a bit of yourself, then trying to solve the puzzle of who you are outside of work can be a bit of a challenge and it might seem like a huge proposition. So before we talk about that, I want to talk to you about some strategies for how to be because it's through finding out how you like to be that you will find out who you are and you will be able to create that separation from work and to get out of your head. I want to give you a really easy intro into discovering yourself, which is coincidentally a short course that I'll be developing soon. So let's talk about how to be and how to reconnect with who you are, how to get some balance back in your life and to get out of your head. I want to start by talking about being in your physical body. And I speak from experience <laughs> as an introvert who has spent a lot of time in her head for work. I've experimented with lots of different ways to get out of my head. I tried reading for a while and that was awesome, but it was still a mental or a cognitive activity. It didn't do anything to alleviate my mind or burn off steam. So I've found through experimenting that the best way to get out of my head and into the more physical world is to get into my physical body. I mentioned this in a previous podcast, which you might like to have a listen to. So for me, it's about finishing work and then transitioning into some sort of physical activity, which involves making or creating things, maybe out of clay, with paint, with a musical instrument in the garden, or to get my body moving in a sport or a physical hobby of some kind. That's the best way for me to get out of my head and into a creative and relaxed brain space. They're all flow activities, physical activities that engage my brain, but only to the point that they're focusing my physical efforts and energy in the real world. So yes, of course, there is a bit of thinking involved in playing a musical instrument or making something out of clay, but it's a very different way of thinking. It's a different part of the brain just to help me get that physical action happening. It really opens up the creative side of me. And when I've done some of those activities, it's way more easy for me to be in that creative mindset when it comes to getting back into work on Monday. So where do you start? How do you figure out what your physical being activities are? Look to your childhood because there are going to be some clues there. What sports did you play? What games did you like to play? What were your hobbies? And when you were having blissful fun and you didn't want the day to end, what is it that you were doing on those days? When I was a child, I loved to read, write, paint, draw, dig in the garden and cook, play musical instruments or listen to music. 
I loved role-playing with friends and building cubbies. I did a variety of sports like roller skating, swimming, tennis, dance and bowling. Ten pin bowling, that is, not lawn bowling. <laughs> and all of those pursuits, or most of them, are still with me today. I don't bowl very often, I have to admit. I did also play golf for a while, actually. But I had such a variety of things that I tried and I've freshened many of those things up and started a few new things as well. So when I finish work, there are probably three or four go-to things that I have up my sleeve, depending on how energised I am and what the weather's like and whether I feel like doing something with another person or on my own. I've got lots to choose from. You can choose solo activities if you like, if you're an introverted person and you prefer doing things on your own cool do that I find a lot of my sports are solo like surfing is a solo sport which I love to do and um, walking and gym I like to do on my own as well but you can also do those things with groups maybe there are some like-minded introverts and you want to get together with them and do some sort of a group activity for example, I quite like sewing and making clothes. That's a hobby I did years ago and I've recently reinvigorated that hobby. And if I want to, I can attend a couple of sewing classes at a local shop. They're just small classes with four or five or six people and I can engage in that. I love doing ceramics and there is someone down the road who runs a ceramics business and does small workshops from time to time with maybe three or four people. So that's quite an intimate setting and I really love being around other people while, while I create and work with clay. So have a think about those examples that might be relevant for you to get you out of your head and into the physical world and creating something or enjoy, just simply enjoying something, attending live music. When was the last time you went to a concert? Social groups and networking are also a great way to become mindful and be more present and in the moment to get out of your head and into your body. So there are those mindfulness-focused exercises like yoga and even meditation that you could engage with. What are your opportunities to get out of your head and into your body? I suggest that you write down your top two that come to mind now and schedule a session of each one. That way it will definitely happen. Reconnect with that activity that you've chosen and see how you feel about it, how engaging it is. Notice what it's like to be in your body instead of in your head. Watch to see if your mind wanders and if you're truly able to bring all of your attention and focus to that activity. Decide if you'd like to do more of it and schedule the next session or otherwise let it go and try something else. The goal is for you to identify a physical activity of some sort that helps you to put everything else to the side and become totally absorbed. The second thing I want to mention today is part of discovering who you are and getting out of your head and letting the work and the business stuff go for a while so you can rejuvenate is cultivating relationships. And sure, I know as an introvert who's busy and running a business, maybe you don't feel like socialising. You might prefer to sit in your little introvert cave and do your thing, which is fine. But you also know that deep down that doesn't tick the box for social connection and engagement. And if you don't do any of that sort of stuff, if you don't build any of relationships around you, you might find yourself feeling lonely, disconnected or isolated. 
you can definitely get connection via relationships through some of the hobbies that you engage in. But I'm talking also about having conversations with people. When I moved from Perth to, to New South Wales 13 years ago, I found myself in the situation of being on my own with just my husband. I had left behind lifelong friendships, my family, I'd changed my career, and I was moving out of an office with the 40 staff that I'd employed and into a business that I'd built on my own working from home in a place where I knew nobody. It was a huge shift. It was then that it became really clear to me that the challenge with building relationships is that they take time and commitment, especially as you get older. There's a lot in maintaining relationships and you only want to really invest in those that are positive and uplifting and where you're both getting something out of that relationship. Relationships confer a lot of responsibility. Some of them energise you and some of them drain you. So all that being said, even if you haven't moved to the middle of nowhere where you know nobody like I did, I highly recommend that you do an inventory of your relationships to work out where you want to invest your precious limited time so that you can feel connected without any pressure or overwhelm. I've managed this really well on two levels or in two ways, I guess you could say. Firstly, I get enough daily social interaction to meet my needs for connection and to make a clean break from work to get out of my head by going into the world regularly to shops, local cafes, to do hobbies or go on walks and I bump into people and I have conversations with those people in those situations. These are just people that I see every time I go for a walk, there'll be certain people or I go to a certain shop and there are people working there doesn't have to be a big conversation but it's enough of a chat that allows me to feel connected without any obligation or pressure. So as an introvert who has a lot on their plate I really like that kind of interaction. It ticks a lot of boxes for me. Secondly I've really gone through all of the relationships that I have available to me and I've identified a handful of people who are truly my people and they energize me. We have a real chemistry. Some of them are family members and some of them are friends. And so what I've done is I've scheduled monthly or fortnightly calls, roughly that kind of schedule, with those few people so that I can have deeper and purposeful conversations. There's probably four or five of those people and by scheduling that time to catch up, it definitely happens. And we come there with a purpose. So it might sound a little bit structured for some of you, but this really works well for me, mainly because it makes sure it gets done. We definitely connect. We don't suddenly realise that a year has passed before we've spoken. So that, converse, that combination of the light interactions and the dedicated, deeper conversations works really well for me as a great way to stay connected and maintain relationships outside of work without too much additional commitment or expectation. It provides me with a perfect break from work and gives me other things to put into my brain, to put into my head, so that I'm not in my head all of the time thinking about my work or my worries. As a business owner, 
I find also that external conversations outside of work offer so many valuable benefits apart from just the connection. I get a lot of fresh ideas for content creation. In fact, I probably couldn't have created this podcast if it wasn't for two conversations that I've had in the last week on the topic of introverts in business and getting out of their heads and defining themselves purely by their work. That's what sparked this idea. I also get to engage in uplifting and more meaningful conversations that don't revolve around work but revolve around life perspectives and values and real-world issues. And I get different perspectives and insights that help me to shape my beliefs. Outside conversations, non-work conversations, that is, are vital for offering a fresh injection of real-world stuff. And none of those things are available in your solo introvert cave, let me just say. So I've talked about hobbies or activities and I've talked about relationships. But if you don't have any engaging physical hobbies, strong relationships outside of work or both, then your first task is to get out of your comfort zone so that you can find your thing or find your people. If you don't do this, nothing will happen and nothing will change. The first steps to doing this can be a little bit challenging. Maybe you haven't socialised for a long time or maybe you can't remember the last time that you had a hobby and you're a bit nervous about starting. Take a bit of time to think about who there is in your existing networks, what sorts of friendships you'd like to reignite. Maybe there are some family members that you love connecting with and would like to speak to more often. Or maybe there are some classes or short courses in your local area that might help you get back into a hobby. Think about the things that you've done before where you have some background skills and strengths. That's definitely going to make it easier to get out there and try something new. So let me ask you now, if you're someone that's a bit nervous about getting started and don't quite know how to find your thing or people, what would you prefer to start with? Would it be re-engaging a hobby or connecting with a person? Who's done it before or who could help you to get back into one of those areas? And where have you had success before? What have you been good at or where have you enjoyed relationships in the past such that there's an opportunity for you to go back and reinvigorate those things? Just to wrap up what we talked about today, I covered two main ways to get out of your head so that you can get more work-life balance and be truly productive when you are at work and relaxed when you're not. It's all about boundaries and closing the door on work so that you can do something in the rest of your life. This is especially important for small business owners who are the business, working alone and working from home. If that's you, it's essential that you have some time doing fun flow activities that are not related to your work so that you can fuel the other parts of your life that are just as important to your happiness, health and well-being. And let's face it, all of those elements are essential for your success in business. I hope you found that useful. If you have any questions, hit me up on the contact page of my website, melaniejwhite.com forward slash contact. And 
Otherwise, I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now.